Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Happy New Year! Let's hope this year will go a little better than the one we just left behind. Episode 60 of the OFNT podcast was recorded at the well-worn studios of the Factual Data Creation Facility. It's a damp and dreary day outside the studios today, but it could be worse. It is winter. Instead of the rain we're having, it could be snow. Well, let's start off with a correction. Again, as I have in the past, I replaced the word server with service. I don't know why I keep doing that. During my reporting on the messenger service Telegram, I said that with each new user, service prices would go up. Well, the word was supposed to be server. Let's start off with some tech news. First up, a couple items from 9to5google.com. Google has quietly released FastPair, a graphical-based aid for pairing Bluetooth devices to Android-based phones. This obviously was inspired by the way Apple handles the pairing of Bluetooth to iDevices. An image of the FastPair-enabled device will pop up on your phone screen, and after successfully pairing the device, a graphical setup menu appears. If you used a iOS device to pair anything via Bluetooth, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Taking inspiration from Apple is not a bad thing. What is bad is not sticking to Android's own material design standards. FastPair looks like it was designed for iOS, and a lot of developers, including Google themselves, don't follow the material design framework. The result of all this is a mishmash of design languages, which makes Android's UI look like a mess compared to iOS and even the old Palm OS user interfaces. The second item from 9to5google.com is about the site's take on essential Chromebook applications. I've discussed my experience with Chromebooks in the past. Uh, I was a lucky recipient of the original CR48 given away by Google for evaluation and feedback. My experiences with that unit were generally good, but at the time, you had to have an internet connection to do anything useful with it. I know it has changed, and I always keep an eye on the latest developments concerning Chromebooks. 
The number one app from the article was Google Messages. While Messages is built into the Chrome OS to sync with your phone, you have to install and use Google Messages as your default text messaging app. This kind of takes away from the ethos of Android. You know, the ability to use a multitude of third-party apps. Most of the apps recommended were Google apps, which isn't a surprise because those will work the best with Chrome OS. So like iOS and Mac OS, you are entering a walled garden. But unlike Apple's operating system, you're giving up the unified design of the user interface. And with Apple, everything is already set up for you once you log into your device. If I was just starting out or couldn't afford to justify the expense of Apple gear, as I've mentioned before, I'd go the Chromebook route. The Chromebook itself would have to be the near equivalent of Google's discontinued Pixel, though, something hard to find amongst the current third-party offerings. Manufacturers like Samsung seem to be scaling down the hardware included with their latest offerings, as far as memory and disk space goes. When I was younger, I enjoyed tinkering with my computers and later smartphones. I don't have the patience nor the time for that these days, so Apple's It Just Works mantra appeals to me more at this stage of my life. And it appears Android 11 is rolling out for the majority of third-party manufactured smartphones. I've yet to have a gander at the updated operating system. Have you received it yet? Has there been any significant updates? You can let me know at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com. Well, it looks like we finally have a competitor to the Zoom video conferencing app that doesn't appear to share your data with a certain communist government. The price is sure right. It's free. The name of the service is Glip. It's been around for a while and was purchased sometime back by a company called Ring Central, which is a high-end business communications company, which integrated Glip into its portfolio of services. Ring Central has just spun Glip out as a free browser-based service to compete with Zoom. You can go to glip.com to get a rundown of its features, but I'll highlight the features I find interesting. First up, it's free, and there are no time limits on your meetings, which can contain up to 100 participants. You can switch devices during meetings. For example, you can start attending a meeting on your computer and then switch to your mobile device. You can record your meeting and store it up in the cloud for up to seven days. Glip is secure and encrypted. This service appears to have all the features like backdrops, etc., that Zoom has. This all sounds too good to be true, so I'll be attempting to sign up for an account and using this service shortly. This next item comes from Gizmodo.com. Apple has teamed up with health app Healthvana to store proof of your COVID-19 vaccination within your phone's digital wallet. This will be implemented in Los Angeles, California. Of course, it would be there. Healthvana is also in talks with various Los Angeles County sports and concert venues, schools, and employers to adapt this to allow admission. Here we go, the start of the digitalization of our lives. I know it sounds reasonable and convenient, but the old saying, give them an inch and they'll take a mile, applies here. 
What's next? Could be the digital dollar. Check out the FedNow website for that. Now, I'm into technology, especially if it helps to improve your life. But at a certain point, it can become controlling. This is what I fear. When you really think about it, you pay for convenience. What you'll be paying with, if this pandemic-inspired digitalization continues, is your privacy and, eventually, your freedom. Just saying. Microsoft has admitted via one of the company's blogs that the hackers responsible for the SolarWinds hack were able to view the source code of all Microsoft software products, but were unable to change it. They downplayed any risk associated with the further intrusion, stating that their code's secrecy isn't a method of security for the company, as they assume that competitors already have seen the code and that they use other measures to ward off attacks. Well, that's all well and good, but I'm sure the code could be used to design custom viruses and malware that can disrupt and steal info from the target, which will be you if you use their software. Myself, I use Apple apps for my tasks whenever I can. I don't know how safe they are compared to third-party apps, but I haven't heard of Apple being hacked to the point where their source code was taken. Though Apple would seem to be a huge target for hackers, in reality, Microsoft dominates the world's business and government markets worldwide. Another option would be to use one of the various flavors of Linux for your main operating system. I've played around with Linux, especially the Mint distribution, and have found it stable and secure. You can even configure it to function like Windows. After this announcement from Microsoft, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd seriously be considering other options. And speaking of Microsoft, December 31st, 2020 was the last day that Adobe Flash was supported on the company's platform. Apple ditched support for Flash in 2010, and Google ended their support in 2017, so it's about time. Adobe itself has also stopped supporting Flash as of the 31st. I guess they couldn't figure out a way to charge a subscription for the use of it with all the major players dropping support for Flash. Though I think China still has its own version of it. Flash, uh, as I remember, it was hard on a computer's CPU and caused numerous crashes and hardware slowdowns. It also provided easy entry for viruses and other malicious forms of code to be injected into targeted computers. Even early, earlier this year, I was still getting requests from websites asking me to install the latest version of Flash, and some tools on my work computer still required it. Flash has come to an end, and, at least by me, it won't be missed. Now, if JavaScript would cease to exist, I'd be a happy camper. If you ever wondered why Android seems to stutter, you can blame JavaScript-based software and its just-in-time compiling for that. If I'm not mistaken, Google replaced JavaScript and Android some years back, but apps developed for that operating system can still use it. JavaScript is also a huge security risk. Where do you think the term script kiddies came from in reference to hackers? Tech I'm using. Wanted, an RSS newsfeed aggregator with an intuitive interface.
Right now, I endlessly browse the internet looking for info on various subjects that interest me. A couple of days ago, I was thinking back on ancient times when the internet and I were young and we used RSS feeds for receiving items all in one place through an app called a newsreader. I don't remember when exactly RSS newsreaders went out of vogue, but somewhere along the line, I stopped using one. I think Feedly was the last one I used. Now to save time and eye strain, I would like to start using one again. The problem being, there's a bunch of newsreader apps out there, and this confuses my old fart brain. My requirements aren't great. As mentioned previously, I require a great interface, and while I don't mind paying for an app, I mean, I understand that developers need to eat. I just don't want to pay an ongoing subscription. Going forward, just charge me for significant updates, not a recurring charge. That being said, do you have any recommendations for me? HomePod minis. I've had a week with these things. These little feats of technology continue to amaze me. I have a paired set which gives me stereo sound, further paired to my Apple TV 4K streaming box, which has upgraded the audio of my movie and show-watching experience phenomenally. Now, can it hang with a dedicated surround system? No, but the sound I get is a terrific upgrade from the audio I was getting from my television set alone. Eventually, I'd like to get a pair of full-size home pods and call it a day. Traditionally, speakers this small lack bass response and sound tinny. The HomePod minis have plenty of bass, but mid-ranges and especially the high range of sound seem to be lacking for me. A lot of that probably has to do with my high-frequency hearing loss I've suffered from working on or near flight lines most of my life. Perhaps Apple will solve this problem in the second iteration of these speakers. The next thing I've been using a lot is the iPad Air with the Magic Keyboard. That combo has completely changed the way I use a tablet. Previously, I'd use an iPad mainly for consuming media and browsing the web and maybe replying to an occasional email or text message. Light editing and last-minute additions to scripts were the other things accomplished on the old iPad Pro with its folio-style smart keyboard. I already outlined the advantages of the Air 4 and the Magic Keyboard over my previous setup during the last episode, so I, I won't bother repeating myself. Now I find myself reaching for the iPad to start and sometimes complete whole word processing projects instead of defaulting to one of my laptops. That was never the case with the old Pro. I would quickly tire of typing on the smart keyboard and just give up. The Magic Keyboard is better than the keyboard on my MacBook Pro and comparable to the one on my MacBook Air, which is strange because the MacBook Pro's keyboard is the third iteration of the Butterfly Keyboard, while the Air sports the supposedly inferior second generation. Go figure. Going from the Magic Keyboard to the MacBook Pro's keyboard amplifies this. I think it's the key travel of the Butterfly Keyboards that's responsible for this. Because of the size of the Magic Keyboard, I find it a little cramped, but if I had the latest model of the 12.9-inch Pro with its companion keyboard, this wouldn't be an issue. For portable computing, you just can't beat the iPad Air 4 with the Magic Keyboard. 
I finally tried out my new Logitech C922 webcam that Santa Claus brought me, which led me to realize that because Apple computers have a built-in webcam, there is no preference settings for making an external webcam the system-wide default. Instead, you have to set the preferences within each individual app. Kind of a pain, but still very doable. As far as the C922 itself, all I had to do was plug it into my USB port and it was good to go. Logitech has companion software which allows you to adjust between viewing angles and the default is 72 degrees and you can expand it to something like 80 degrees. Other adjustments are white color balance, contrast and the like. Pretty basic at least on Mac, but useful nonetheless. I was unable to test image quality thoroughly because the room I use it in is pretty dark in the evening, but I was able to tell that it was much better than my computer's built-in camera. Maybe next on my list is a small ring light. I'll be perusing Amazon next week. If you've been a listener to this show for a while, you might remember me telling you last June about the Father's Day gifts I'd had received. One of them, the Chotec Apple Watch Portable Charging Dock, has saved my bacon a few times since then. I charge my watch nightly while I'm sleeping using a Nomad power base charger. Sometimes I fail to place the watch properly on the charger, or sometimes it gets knocked off the Nomad for some reason. I'll be at work or out and about when suddenly I'll get a low battery warning from my Apple Watch. It usually tells me my charge is less than 10%. At first I'll panic, but then remember that I carry the Jotec. I carry this in my magic bag of tricks. My magic bag of tricks is actually a messenger style bag which contains a bunch of cables and chargers as well as a zoom recorder, USB-C, dongle, and an external hard drive. All this is to support my MacBook Air I lug around with me. After popping the watch on the portable charger for about 30 minutes, I'm fine until bedtime. Though this particular portable charger is a bit more expensive than others, it's Apple certified and can charge your watch fully many times before needing to be charged itself. The Jotec charger and things just like it are a must-have for these modern battery-charged times. Entertainment News Holly Weird has been very quiet this year so far, or maybe that's because I haven't been paying much attention. I did watch Wonder Woman 1984 Christmas Evening. While I can't say that it was a bad movie, I found myself kind of losing interest in the story overall. Maybe I'm just tired of superhero movies. I was never a big fan of that genre to begin with. I wish they would go back to making some Cold War-style spy movies. You know, the type which relies on an intricate plot versus special effects. Unfortunately, I doubt this type of film would ever be greenlit in modern Hollywood. But maybe a foreign-based studio like Canal would take that chance. Podcast news. I'd almost forgotten about this next story, but now it's a done deal. Amazon has purchased the podcast publisher Wondery. 
You know, rumors were circulating in early December that Amazon was in talks with wondering about an acquisition, but until recently, not a peep was heard about this. Speculation is that Amazon paid up to $300 million to acquire Wondery. The only podcasting bigwig who hasn't made a major purchase in 2020 is Apple. I don't listen to any Wondery-based podcasts, but they are the fourth largest publisher in the United States. Amazon says that the podcast Wondery produces will still be available on all podcast apps. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how long that lasts. In my opinion, the consolidation continues, further squeezing out the independent network and podcaster. I estimate there are only about 20 large independent podcast networks left in this country, a lot of them founded by startup comedians. These other networks that are still independent just aren't large enough to attract interest from the so-called big boys. Adam Curry, the podfather, takes a more optimistic view on this. After learning of the Wondery purchase, he said this will clear the decks for more independent and free voices. I just wish I could be as optimistic as he seems to be. I think purchases like this will invite regulation, which is no good for anybody. James Cridlin of podnews.net seems to think that Amazon will next buy a podcast hosting platform and then perhaps a advertising tech company. I think he's correct and we'll probably see some movement in that regard later this year. Other than that story, all was quiet on the podcasting front, so I'll leave this section with the podcast I listened to the most during the weird year that was 2020. No Agenda was the show I listened to the most in 2020. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak host these, this show and, in their words, dissect the news. It's very entertaining and topical. The show comes out every Sunday and Thursday afternoon. Second was the Savage Nation. Dr. Savage has just ended his 26-year run on commercial radio and now is podcast only. If you like to hear intelligent thoughts with a conservative bent, this is the show that you should be listening to. Pod News is a daily wrap-up of the world's podcasting news. For a deeper dive on the week's stories, listen to Podland from the same host. Finally, who are these podcasts, a show which makes fun of other podcasts? They especially like to critique popular and so-called professional podcasts. These were the shows I listened to mostly in 2020, and I'm really listening to more now because I have my commute again, unlike the lockdown days. So give them a listen if you look looking to entertain yourself time for my rant as my current career is winding down i find myself working the holidays this year many co-workers call in sick so usually there aren't many of us around during these times most of those who fail to show up are the new employees i look back to, and when i first started this job if you dared not to show up for work on a holiday you were scheduled for. You had to make it up somehow. Usually by working a holiday, you weren't scheduled to work. You could bid for your preferences of holidays you wanted off, which were then dealt out according to seniority. This was a fair system because though when you first started working this job, you were stuck working the biggest holidays, you knew that eventually you'd be senior enough to 
get most, if not all the holidays you wanted off. Of course, when I finally reached that critical mass, the rug was pulled out from under me. A new directive was put in place where you were required to work at least one major holiday, and New Year's Day didn't count as a major holiday. So what you had was people who'd been on a job for like 30 years working Christmas and New Year's Day, while a person who had a year on a job had both of them off. Of course, there was a lot of pushback to this, so instead it was decided that unless a holiday fell on your regularly scheduled day off, you had to show up. Still not as good as the old seniority method, but better than the system that took its place. So what has happened is the younger members of my agency just call in sick. There were no repercussions, so why not? Well, how about a sense of duty? How about not screwing over your fellow workers? The sense of duty has been replaced with the sense of entitlement and not caring about anything but yourself these days. When questioning one of these younger employees about why he doesn't show up for any holidays, he told me, well, you're only young once. What does that mean? Because I'm older, I don't have anything better to do with myself? My old life is somehow worth less than your younger life? This reminds me of a particular duty station I was serving at in the military that would schedule me for all major holidays because I wasn't married with children. Again, I was being penalized for something I really couldn't control. Members of our society, especially those who have recently completed college, are the ones who seem to feel they are the most entitled. When the older generations are extinguished, which these educated types seem to be busily working towards, what will this society be left with? It's my guess we'll be left with entitled narcissistic cretins who expect a reward just for existing. Unfortunately, we'll just see how competitive this country is when that generation takes over compared to the rest of the world. I've said it many times before, and I'll say it again. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, that'll wrap up episode 60. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. Tell me what you like and what you don't like. I'd love to hear from you. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, don't you have something better to do? So just pick up your stuff and get off my lawn. I'm out. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.